Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You listen to Kingdom Authority with your host, Dancia J. Morris, on Kingdom Empower Incorporated. We're here to educate, motivate, and elevate your mind, body, and spirit. If you have questions or comments, or just want to talk to your host, you can call in at 646-668-2413, or listen in online at landministries.com. And now, here's your host, Dancia J. Morris. Well, good evening and welcome to the Kingdom Authority broadcast. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones Morris. So excited to be with you all on this wonderful evening. I'm telling you, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we should definitely rejoice and be glad in it. I'm excited tonight because y'all know this is part two of the Kingdom and the Church. And so, if you were with us last week, you heard the woman of God bring some principles and understanding and um, enlightenment on the kingdom and the church. And listen, it's not versus the church. It's all about us. It's all one unit. And she's going to break that down for us. I want you to know that this is the season for you to operate with authority in your territory. God has gifted you in the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, in the church in order to take authority in your territory. You do know that he has set some gifts for you, and we are to seek him for those gifts and understanding of what those gifts are in order to operate in this great kingdom of God. I believe that the kingdom of heaven is here, and it's the, his kingdom is in us, and we should operate as such. I'm telling you, this is the opportunity for you to take authority in your territory. Whatever God has planted in you to do, let's be about doing that. Let's get busy with doing that. But there are some kingdom principles that we definitely need to understand as we navigate through this journey called life especially life in Jesus Christ. I'm excited because Pastor Leah Britton is on again with us tonight. So we're going to pray and allow her to come in her own way as she helps us with this transition of and our mindset. So, Father, we thank you and we bless you. We thank you, O oh God, for being so kind. Thank you for being so good and merciful. Hallelujah to your name tonight, Father. You are the giver of life. And, Lord, you are our king. And as a result of that, God, we will operate under your kingship. We thank you, O oh Lord, that you are not 
um, um, the type of commander in chief that makes us do things, but Lord, you encourage us and lead us and guide us into doing the things that you have um, given us instructions on. So on this night, Father, we ask right now that we receive your instructions and that we are able to apply these instructions for the kingdom of God, for your kingdom. It is about your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And, Father, we pray as this bread is brought to us that we will eat of it and that we will dine sufficiently, that we will allow it to be digested in our bodies, and, Father, that we will have the nutrients we need in order to operate in our territory with authority. So in Jesus' name, I pray that you will just continue to download into this this your 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 maid servant father so that she can give us what you want us to hear thank you for this messenger that is delivering this great message to all over this world and we thank you lord that the seed of this lord that the watering of this will bring forth great fruit in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So excited on tonight for each and every one of you who are on. I see you coming on, and I appreciate you. For those who are online, we're grateful for you tonight. It is such a blessing um, to to be with everyone on as we take authority. And I can't say that enough. We have got to take authority in our territory. And I'm saying we have to have dominion in this earth. Now, dominion is not demanding and putting your foot on the head of people. It's about service. And so we're, we need the principles on tonight so that we can serve well. And so I want to bring on Pastor Leah Britton at this time as she comes in her own way. We're talking about the kingdom and the church. Pastor Leah. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm so glad to be back again today and talking about the kingdom as, as uh, Pastor Danzia already said it is not the kingdom versus the church. It is the kingdom and the church. And I want to just do a brief review of last week, if you weren't here, just to kind of summarize what we talked about and then launch into our new information. We talked about um, the church actually being inside the kingdom, that the kingdom is a much, 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 much larger entity, and the church is birthed inside the kingdom to carry out the work of the kingdom. And so we're talking about moving from a church mentality to a kingdom mentality. And I thought I found a really good quote actually online by Bishop Joseph Matera. And it says, ever since the fourth century, when the Roman emperor Constantine made Christianity legal, the church progressively went from decentralized saints movement to a temple-centered, clergy-dependent movement. And so although it was great that, you know, Christianity was being recognized and people were being saved and um, the Emperor Constantine had heard the gospel and given his life to the Lord, so of course he made this like the law of the land. But with that transition, we stopped doing um, the Great Commission in the way that we saw the disciples handling it. We saw them going from houses to house, um, uh, fellowshipping with one another. We saw a movement out of the center of Jerusalem onto um, the entire world where people were ministering. And the Bible talks about how 
there were so many added to the church daily. We read that over and over again. And do we have that testimony in 2019 that 3,000 were added to the church daily or 4,000 were added to the church daily? When we look at our local congregations, are our congregations growing with new people and not just church shufflers? And not saying that it's wrong to go to another church if you want to or, or need to because we know God moves people around, but is there authentic growth in the church? Authentic growth comes from the kingdom expanding. And if the kingdom is not expanding, then our churches are not expanding. So we're trying to shift that mentality from being so church central to being more kingdom central. And so we talked a little bit about that last week, about the difference between the church and the kingdom. And again, it is not the church versus the kingdom. It is the church inside the kingdom carrying out the work of the kingdom and carrying out the work of the Lord, who is the king of all kings, Jesus Christ. And that is who our obedience and our allegiance is to. So we want to do everything that Jesus has commanded for us to do while we're here on earth until he raptures us or we leave this place by way of the grave, we want to be kingdom people, kingdom in our thoughts, kingdom in what we do, kingdom and not just church people. You can even ask the world, what, what, what do you think a church person is? They will tell you somebody who goes to church on Sunday and believes in God. But can they say what, what things are they describing that make us more like the kingdom? So we're going to talk about that today, some kingdom principles. And so I, what, the way I set this up is, I kind of looked at the kingdom principle. I'll tell you what it is. I'll give you a scripture reference. And then I will also give you a question that you can kind of ask yourself as a measuring stick as to where you may or may not be in your kingdom alignment. Now, um, we, get, we need to be kingdom oriented as a church. We need to be kingdom oriented as a family. And we need to be kingdom oriented as individuals. So there's multiple layers to this. So you may be trying to align yourself individually or maybe align your family. Um, the church could be a little bit more difficult because change uh, happens from the top down. And so if your leadership doesn't necessarily see the, the, the need to change to a more kingdom mentality, it may be a little bit more difficult. However, it is possible to align yourself with what God is saying in the kingdom. So the first principle I kind of I want to talk about is, the ministry of reconciliation. Now we call, like even when we have church meetings at, at my church and I'm on the leadership team, sometimes we refer to Sunday as our Super Bowl, quote unquote, because most churches are gearing up all week long for their Sunday services. The worship team is practicing, the children's ministry workers are working on their lessons, the youth people have their thing, the greeters are doing their thing, and everybody's putting things together, working their way up to Sunday morning which is great because we need to come to church. We need to worship as a corporate body. We need to feel the presence of the Lord. We need to be renewed and refreshed. However, we need to flip the script and church on Sunday morning should be the beginning of our kingdom work and not the end. Instead of working our way up and then Sunday, it's like, oh, yes, the great release. And then we go back to toiling Monday through Saturday. Sunday should be our jumping point, and then all week long, we are out doing kingdom business. We come into the church, we get ourselves refreshed, but then when we stand up and we finish worshiping and we finish crying or whatever is happening in the service, we should walk out with tools, and our tools should help us to be ready for Monday through Thursday, or, Friday, or sorry, Saturday, or for the remainder of the week, because kingdom people don't just think about Sunday. They think about every single day of the week. 
The reason why is because all kingdom people or all believers have the ministry of reconciliation. And this is how the kingdom grows. Because your pastor can't be every place at one time. He is to equip or she is to equip you as the believer to go out and share your faith. So when you go out or when you come into the church on Sunday morning and you are being filled with his spirit and you're enjoying his presence, when you leave that place, you should have tools that when you go out into your marketplace, wherever that is, the marketplace of ideas, then you are then sharing what God has done for you. Because we all have this. Now, if you have a church mentality, most people usually just come to church, they suck up what the pastor has to say, and they walk out until next Sunday. But when you're kingdom-minded, you are taking what he or she has to say, and you're applying it to your life Monday through Thursday, and you're taking someone along with you, whether that be the neighbor that you live next door or where you work or if you go into the Walmart Wherever your marketplace is, wherever your place in society is, we talked about the seven spheres of influence last week. We talked about religion and family, media, government, education, economy and finances, arts and and culture. God has placed his people strategically in all of these areas. This is how the kingdom begins to spread. When you look in the New Testament as they go out, they went. They didn't just stay in one uh, city. They went out amongst the people. There were people involved in politics. There were people involved in, the, uh, in, in education. There were people in every sphere of influence that the saints could minister the ministry of reconciliation. And so God expects us as kingdom people to do that. And the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20, it says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the word to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, not your pastor, You are the ambassador for Christ. You have to put on your kingdom mentality and become the ambassador for Christ. You got to wear them. You got to look like them. You got to act like them. You got to sound like them because you are the epistle known and read of all men. So if we're going to be kingdom people, we can't just think about Sunday when I get to church. I hope they sing my favorite song. It has to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we can all come together on Sunday to worship But my mission field is Monday through Saturday, wherever the Lord has planted me. And so I was thinking about this scripture, even based on the sermon that I heard today in um, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? And it was good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is our job as kingdom people, to bring light into dark areas of the world. That is our job as kingdom people. So shifting from just thinking about Sunday morning or Wednesday night Bible class to thinking about every single day, what am I doing to enhance the kingdom of God? So here's some questions. Who can I minister to in the marketplace of ideas? I teach in a school 
And a lot of people think that you can't talk about God in school, but there's a, I've noticed this year that a lot of my students are hungry for God. I had one come and ask me, do you think that God really loves me, that Jesus really loves everybody? And that opened the door for me to minister to a child about how God loves them. That's where God placed me. That's my marketplace. That's where I'm bringing the kingdom. So we have to reorient ourselves to think every day, God, where am I going in the kingdom? Where do you want me to establish your kingdom today? Another question you can ask yourself is how am I salting or lighting up the mission field assigned to me? Do your neighbors know that you are a believer in Christ? Do your coworkers know? Are you salting their area? Are you lighting up the dark places in their life? Or do they look at you as just one of the girls or just one of the boys or just whomever you are? Do they see you as somebody, of a person of hope, a person that they can rely on? That is bringing the kingdom. So shifting from, um, again, just thinking about Sunday morning and Wednesday night or Bible class night or whatever it is, to every day I am establishing the kingdom of God. What's happening in your Christian world on Monday through Saturday? Did you speak to someone about the Lord today? Were you able to pray for somebody? Were you able to give somebody an encouraging word? That is kingdom work. And I know it seems very basic and stuff that we probably should have been doing, but really think about it. If we were doing this, wouldn't our churches be growing so much faster? Wouldn't we be winning more souls to the Lord? So we have to go out and find our marketplace, find our mission field, and bring the kingdom, bring the salt, bring the light. And so the first uh, principle is we all have the ministry of reconciliation. Another ministry, our kingdom principle, is sowing and reaping. And I just want you to know that these, these are not all the principles. Um, there are other ones too, but we don't have time to really go into depth with them. But sowing and reaping, and I'm talking aside from giving tithe and offering, because when I'm talking about sowing and reaping, I'm not just talking about financially, although that is a part of it, but sowing your time, sowing your talent, sowing your resources is a kingdom principle. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, but God loves the person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Now, I know that scripture is referring to, to money, but I believe that it is applicable to gifts and talents. If you are a kingdom person, you are always looking for a place to sow a seed, whether it be a wow. financial seed or a seed of time or a seed of talent, or a seed of resources. How is every government entity, every entity needs finances, I'm going to go on the money tip first, finances to sustain it. I pay property taxes, that funds the school system. I pay sales taxes, that helps with whatever it helps with. I pay income taxes, that funds our government. The kingdom of God is the same way. But aside from your tithe and your offering, you have a promise from God that if you sow, Sparingly, you're going to get something small back. But if you give generously, you will get more back. And who can beat God in giving? So how is the kingdom going to be financed? Maybe you don't aren't the person that's going on the mission field overseas. But when you find the opportunity to sow into somebody who is, you are advancing the kingdom. So kingdom people are always looking for some place to sow. 
So you ask yourself, now this is what I do. When I get extra money, if I get a bonus check from work or I get an insurance check or whatever it is, I always ask God, what am I to do with this? Am I supposed to sow this? Now, you know you operate in kingdom principles when that's the first question you ask. Or do you say, yes, I can go get that new pair of shoes that I really don't need but I really, really want? Kingdom people look for opportunities to sow. And when I say so, I'm talking about not just about financially. I am an educator by trade. So for 12 years, I was a children's pastor also at my church. I understand how children learn. I understand how the mind develops. So I took that same talent and I sowed that for 12 years into the young people at our church. And it amazes me. I don't know what the harvest will completely be. Some of it I've seen. Some of it I have not seen, but you don't know what seed you have planted by sowing your own time. We should never, ever, ever have the statistics in the church that 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. It should be 100% of the people doing 100% of the work because everybody is sowing their time and their talent and their resources. You know, and I've been to several churches in my life, and All of them seem to have the same problem with service and volunteerism. It's because we don't have a kingdom mentality. When you come to church and you think it's all about you and you just sit there and you suck up what the preacher has to say and you don't ever serve anywhere else, you have a church mentality. But kingdom people are jumping in saying, where can I help? Where can I sow some time? You know, uh, we have people that, and they don't just do it inside the church. Now, I happen to do mine inside the church because I was a children's pastor, but I know people that have the talent or the gifting to cook, and they went out and made a culinary delightful meal for the homeless people. That is sowing into the kingdom, and it wasn't a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a bologna sandwich. It was a real meal, and you should have seen the tears in their eyes. You know, normally church groups come and they help us, but they only give us peanut butter and jelly. But you took the time to literally cook a meal. That is sowing. And I watched as this person continued to do this, how the Lord turned around and blessed them to be able to open up their own restaurant. But it started with them sowing a seed into the kingdom for homeless people. They opened up their own catering business. They do weddings. They do all kinds of stuff. But it started with them sowing a seed in the kingdom, feeding the homeless, not just the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but using their true culinary skills to provide a meal to someone who didn't have it. And that's where that scripture comes in. When I was hungry, you fed me. That's kingdom. You fed me. And so in turn, God gave them the desire of their heart. So kingdom people are always looking for some place to sow their time, to sow their resources, to sow their talent. What do you have that you're sitting on that you can put into action today in the kingdom? It may My not be God. teaching God. children. It may not be cooking, but it's, it, it's, it's something. We've got all kinds of people with technology uh, uh, um, knowledge and able to do things with computers. We need you in the kingdom because the gospel has to get out. We need Christian podcasters. You don't have to have the pulpit to stand up behind and preach. You can get on there and just give an encouraging word. I listen to a podcast that's literally two minutes every single day, encouraging people. Somebody thought of that. They're sowing that talent and that time into the kingdom. So a kingdom principle is sowing and reaping. If you sow a little, you will get a little. So if you're not getting as much back as you think you are, check where you're sowing. Did you ask God, where can I sow today? 
And I think you should wow. pray Hallelujah. every day for a place to sow. It may not be financial, Hallelujah. but it could be something as simple as bagging somebody's groceries. That's so sowing that time into somebody else's life, an elderly person, whatever it is. This is bringing the kingdom of God to people. It's not always giving them the gospel right offhand. It's just being nice, sowing, sowing into your local school system, sowing into the neighborhood kids. Where can I sow a seed? Reaping and sowing is a kingdom principle. So here's the questions you can ask. When I get extra money or a raise, have I trained my spirit to ask the Lord first? How can I use this for the kingdom? When I sow where, or do you ask yourself, where can I sow my time? If you have an extra day off of work, and I understand, because sometimes when you get a day off, you just don't want to be bothered. But sometimes I'm asking God, where can I sow some extra time? And it may simply be, Leah, give me another half an hour of prayer, praying about this thing. You don't know what that seed is doing for somebody else. That prayer is doing for somebody else. And so a kingdom people are sowers, and they do reap harvests because God is not a man. He doesn't lie. And so if he's going to, if you do it, he will give you the return on it. Okay, the next one is kingdom principles, or our kingdom principle is people who are of the kingdom are generationally minded people. Um, many years we've come to church, and how many, I, I, I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but I've experienced in all my years of church, I've seen some churches literally die because everybody in the church grew old and died. I mean, the church was three, four, five hundred strong, and then you look and there's like only 30 people. It's because the church was the church instead of operating in the kingdom principle of being generationally minded. It's not about you. It's about progressing the kingdom of God. So you have to prepare the next generation and the generation after that to pick up the torch where you leave off. And so 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7 says, I remember your genuine faith, for you shared the faith that first first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gifts God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And this is out of the book of Timothy. And here the writer is talking to Timothy, and he lists three generations of faith builders, his grandmother, his mother, and then him. And then he recognized uh, the gifting that was in Timothy and laid his hands on him to stir up the gift. If you are a kingdom-minded person, you are thinking not just about today. You are forward-thinking about what's going to happen when you leave off the scene. Too many times we have pastors who die off and they don't have anybody to take control of the church. And so the work of the Lord is solved because we have not thought generationally minded. Moses had a Joshua. Who is your Joshua? Everybody should be going at least two or three people deep. Whatever you are doing, whatever God has called you to do, you should be training someone else behind you to take your spot. Because it's not about you, it's about the kingdom of God going forth. And when you leave and go off the scene, the kingdom is still going to have to progress. And so, therefore, you have to train someone else to do what you're doing so that the kingdom can continue to move forward. It's supposed to be expanding, not shrinking. So we have to be generationally minded. And it's not just about youth. And uh, I know when we think about generationally minded, we think about training uh, the younger people. But there are some older people 
that need to be trained. And we it needs to go vice versa. We need to be able to hear from the older saints to speak into our lives as we're speaking into the next generation. And so here we have multi-generations of people, believers, who are carrying the kingdom forward. So kingdom principle is you have to be generationally minded. You cannot eat all of your seed in one lifetime. You have to sow something for the future. That kind of goes back to sowing and reaping, too. You have to sow. I thank God that I had people that saw me and saw, okay, this girl has something on her life. And uh, I had a, a particular woman at church who um, who said, I know that you're a leader. She told me that when I was 12 years old, and she began to buy me leadership magazines. She said, you're going to have to learn how to make hard decisions, and leaders do this, and leaders do that. And I didn't understand why she was telling me all of this, but she was thinking forward past herself that one day I'm not going to be here, but this girl will be. And so let me put in her what I have. You cannot be selfish with what you have in the kingdom of God. The Bible, even the scripture that we read before, you will have, if you sow your time like this, the Lord will give back to you and you'll have plenty to share with others. You don't have to worry about, oh, I have to keep all this knowledge to myself because I don't want them to be bigger than me. That's a church mentality when we get selfish. So kingdom-minded people are not selfish. That freely it was given to us, freely we give. We give it back to the community, to whomever God has put in our path for us to to mentor and to sow into. So we have to be generationally minded because God thinks ahead. We have to think ahead. And yes, I know he knows everything, but we're made in his image. So we have to prepare for what is to come. So here's a question. Have I spent time today speaking in, stirring up, and um, helping the next generation follow the same kingdom principles? Kingdom-minded people look for, oh, I'm sorry, opportunities to sow into other people's lives, into other generations, even into the babies. That's one of the things when, I, when we were a children's pastor, we told our, our, our staff, sing over these babies. Sing the songs of, of Zion over them. Let them hear what it sounds like to worship. You are already raising a generation of worshipers, of those who are used to hearing the word. Pray over them so that they know what prayer sounds like. That is being generationally minded so that when we move off the scene, the kingdom doesn't fail because we did not prepare. We have to be generationally minded. And the last principle, this is probably it, not probably, but is the most, the most um, to me, important kingdom principle is faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. It is the means of exchange. We offer faith and God moves on our behalf. We are to walk by faith. The Bible says that it is impossible to please God. In the kingdom, who do we work for? The king, Jesus Christ. It's impossible to please him if we don't have faith. So we have to live in a continual state of faith. And how does that happen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I have to constantly be ingesting the word of God. So I'm building up my faith base for whatever might come in front of me. We have a thing in our church that we say, Everything you're going to get by God, get from God, is going to be by faith. Whether it be by, by salvation, we have to th- we have to have faith. 
whether it be believing God for healing, it's going to be by faith. If we're believing God to stretch us in the community, it's going to be by faith. If we're looking for God to give us a voice to, uh, to speak into the government power, it's going to be by faith. Everything we're going to get from God is going to be by faith. And so we have to learn how to beef up our faith walk, and our faith walk is beefed up when we hear and apply the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we're talking about um, a faith walk, the question you can ask yourself is, am I ingesting enough word to build my faith for any and every situation? Am I taking in enough word? And see, when we become church-minded and we're only feeding ourselves on Sundays or on Thursdays, then are we really ingesting enough word of God? to be able to see it because we're in the last days and there's winds of doctrine going around everywhere. But the kingdom is going to stand and it's going to stand because the people of God are going to continue to stand in faith on the word of God. We have got to have a faith walk. We cannot go by what we see, but we have to walk by faith. And without faith, it's impossible. So those are the four principles that I actually picked out to talk about today. in the out of the scriptures about uh, kingdom principles, um, so they are again um, the ministry of reconciliation. Where do you minister in the marketplace? Um, sowing and reaping, being generationally minded, and walking by faith. And I got a couple of questions here. Um, what are some steps? What are the steps, or what is the process? Um, I believe that's referring to how do we transition from church to kingdom mindset. Um, I think it's just making small changes at a time. Like I said, you know, it could be waking up every morning and asking God, where do you want me to take the kingdom today? I think when you begin to pray kingdom prayers, the Lord begins to give you kingdom opportunities. So every morning asking God, where do you want me to establish the kingdom today? And how do you want me to establish that? So when you go into your marketplace or into the field or into your mission field, wherever that may be, God will begin to open up those um, avenues for you. Um, I already gave you some guiding questions that you can kind of ask yourself when you're making decisions about stewardship, your time, your resources, your energy, all of those things. I've given those um, those uh, questions. And I don't know if we can do this, Pastor Danzia, but I actually have those questions. And um, if you if there's a way to post them online or somewhere um, where people can have access to them, um, to as measuring sticks to kind of see where am I if, if I'm lacking in this area so that I can get myself together or begin to pray in that in the way that will pull me back onto the kingdom track. So I don't know if there's a way to do that. Is there a way to do that? Absolutely. We'll get that taken care of. Okay. So I will have her post all of the questions and scripture references. Um, one of the things I did want to talk about, too, one one book that is really uh, radicalizing my life right now and changing how I think, and I thank God for one of my best friends. Um, it was a small group that she was a part of, and she began to invite me, and the, uh, they're reading a book, or we are reading a book, and it was just eye-opening to me. So I'm going to suggest it to you if you want to go out and grab it. And it's not very expensive, but it's called Who Broke My Church? Who broke my church? We know the Bible says, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So 
So the question of the title of the book is Who Broke My Church? In other words, I started off this thing pretty good, and now some things are kind of gone awry. And so it gives a good diagnosis of church mentality, but also how to get out of that and to break into revival so that the kingdom of God and move towards the kingdom of God so that we can win more souls for this end time. The author is Kent R. Hunter, Kent, K-E-N-T, R. Hunter, and um, it's called Who Broke My Church? So if you want um, another resource, that is a great resource to read. And, I mean, I've read it and highlighted and made notes on the side and and um, some really, really good points. And one of the things that they talk about it in the book and even that I didn't think about is that the kingdom-minded person is into discipleshipping. And we talked about that last week, the difference between a convert and a disciple. A convert is someone who's given their life to the Lord, but a disciple is someone who's been rooted and not only given their life, but rooted in the Lord. And so that we should go small and deep instead of trying to go wide and shallow. When we train people and develop people to have a relationship with God, it's much easier for them to share their faith than when we do something wide and just kind of sporadic. Um, but it's a great resource. So if you have it at your local bookstore, I think you can buy it on Amazon. I think it's about 10 bucks. but it's called Who Broke My Church? Kids Are Hunter. It's a great book and a great resource. And that's all I have for today. Well, great, because I'm getting questions while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> so um, people of God, first of all, I know with the stuff that y'all telling me, Y'all are blown away, and 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 it's just it's refreshing to hear. So let me just ask. Um, let me just throw out a couple of questions that have that have been sent to me since on the broadcast. The first question was, um, Do you believe we should tell people we are Christians, or should our lives just show it? I believe I believe both. I believe um, initially. I don't like. I don't walk around, I, and I don't think most Christians do walk around with a sign that says "I'm saved and I'm a believer in Christ." Um, I, you would be surprised how many people begin to pick up on the fact that something is different about you. When your light shines in their darkness, they will be able to tell. And uh, from my experience, um, if we live the kingdom life in front of people they will begin to ask questions. And then that is the moment where I open up and say, yeah, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and this is what he believes. And you can, when you live the life in front of them and they begin to ask questions, it is the best way to debunk what the enemy has put out there about church folk. Because most people have a negative view of church. They're money hungry. They're just trying to buy planes. They're all hypocrites. They're this, they're that. But when you begin to walk with the Lord and walk that walk out, that kingdom walk out in front of them, and they begin to ask questions, you begin to immediately debunk every lie the enemy has told them. Quick example is when I went to, um, I was a freshman in college, and I was fresh out of, you know, out of high school, and I was a church girl. I never did a whole, whole lot of stuff. But I remember um, my roommate, and we were talking about love one day, and I had never told her. I was a Christian. She knew I got up and went to church or somewhere on Sunday. I think she probably just thought I was going out. I don't know. But um, I never talked to her about salvation. I never told her anything about God. I never said anything. We were talking about boys and relationships and love. And she said, well, Leah, you know about love and you know what true love is. I said, well, why do you say that? She said, because I know that you love God. 
And because you love God, you know what true love is. And I never spoken to her about Christ or anything. I've never tried to witness to her. I never told her she needs to be saved. It was just living in the mm. same space and living a kingdom life before her so that when the questions came, it wasn't any funny business. She knew that I was sincere, that I was real, and that I wasn't what everybody had told her Christians were or are. And that goes to ask, you know, the question, what are people, first of all, are they even asking you? And so if there's silence around us, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I should say it this way, but if there's silence, I'm just going to challenge, challenge us to, to, to be that Christ-like person that the people see and that we reflect the love of God and that we reflect Jesus since we are his representatives. We represent him to the world. And so mm-hmm. we have to ask ourselves, are people asking us questions? Because if they're probably silent and just doing their daily thing, you know, and whatever they do around us, we're probably not we got to wonder, are we shining our light, really? And I think that's challenging for me um, working in, uh, in the place that I work right now I'm challenged so much right now in this season of my life. I have to stop and really think, is this action reflecting um, the love of Jesus in this workplace? Because they train you to be a certain way sometimes Mm -hmm. in in corporate America. They train you. And you really have to, um, I don't know what the word is, but you really have to look at it and see if it aligns with what God does. That doesn't mean you, you do your own thing because you are getting paid to do a certain thing, but God will give us the wisdom on how to apply the teachings in, 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 in the workplace, in the world, in the marketplace. And so we have to be mindful of that. Um, and I'm just kind of thinking it through right now based on the things you said. We have a perfect, a wonderful opportunity to, to show the, the world who God is. And I don't think, and I'm going to talk about me right now, I don't think I have measured up to that, but I will. There are times when I fall in that area, and the, the questions that you brought to the, to the forefront are extremely um, enlightening to what I need to do starting again tomorrow. Even right now, not even tomorrow, this moment, this second. And so I appreciate you for bringing those things to the forefront. Uh, I have another question that came through, too. How can we get out and do more in the community when our church isn't? And we are leaders whose pastors won't um, want an account and, and influence on all things in the ministry. We do both in and out of the church. I think that's the question. Someone if, it, if it's not right, please tell me because I'm just reading it verbatim here. So how can we get out and do more in the community when our church isn't? Let's start with that one. Um, what I've learned about leadership is you cannot supersede your leadership no matter what you do. If, that's, if that is the assembly that God has assigned you to at this point in time, you cannot go further than they are willing to go. It's like trying to drive a car from the back seat. You can't. And um or you're gonna wreck everything if you try. So you really can't supersede your leader. So what you can do is pray 
that the Lord would begin to enlighten their heart on what needs to be done in the community and give them a burden for that. And when your leadership changes, then the whole ship will change and you'll begin to go in that direction. Um, But until then, um, if your leadership doesn't mind, I would search out other opportunities, maybe with other ministries or other um, places. It doesn't even have to be other ministries. We have soup kitchens here in Muncie. We've got um, other entities. We look for volunteers all the time in the school system to help tutor kids or whatever. Those can be your opportunities. Don't feel like it has to be just relegated to if my church goes out and does this, then and then that's an outreach. But you as an individual, what has God put on your heart to do? And then just do it. Um, we have a lady at our church who's a retired professor, and she has a passion for kids, and she has a passion for teaching. And she came and found me one day and was like, hey, Leah, do you need any, any of your kids need reading tutoring? And that has become her mission And she comes every Tuesday and Thursday to my school, and she picks up some of my students, and she tutors them. And not only does she tutor them, she speaks life into them. We have one kid that was really hard, but over the last four years of her tutoring him, she comes back. He comes back. He's in my room right now. He says, Miss Britton, I am a good man, and I'm going to grow up to be a great man. And that's a total 180 from what it used to be, believe you me. But she took her gift and her talent, and she went outside of the church walls and found where she could fit in. So you don't have to necessarily limit yourself to it has to be a church ministry. Do what you feel like God is putting on your heart to do. But, again, do pray for your leadership that they would get that burden to go out because the Bible says go into the world and make disciples and go means it's an action verb. You got to get up and do something. So you have to pray that they will get the go spirit. I love that. That's great counsel. That is great counsel. Um, This other question, if God has given us something to do that's outreach, but your um, pastor doesn't support it, that was one, is it okay to do it on our own personal time? And you just answered that one. Where is the line between them controlling everything we do and us having having a personal calling as well? Oh, that's a difficult question. I I, I guess for me, I would need to know. I don't want to know all their business, but I would need to know like a specific situation. Um, if, like for instance, if you feel like that lady at our our church to decide she's going to go into the school and tutor and your pastor's like no you can't do that no you can't do that okay then I might raise an eyebrow and say okay that's a little controlling but um wow if if wow I really can't answer I'm just going to be honest I really can't answer that that would be something that I would really have to pray about and and I think God can kind of enlighten you to what's really going on if it really is a controlling situation or it could be just wait, I'm on my way. Because sometimes pastors don't tell you everything. They might be on their way to doing something, and they're just needing more time to put it together. So for that question, I would sincerely say I, I would just I would need to pray about that. I don't know where the line is. I think every situation is different. I would think that um, I, I'm I'm very careful about that one as well. So I think we should be prayerful. I will suggest that. Um, so let me just let me just say it this way. Um, 
I am a firm believer, and the more I grow in this, is that obedience is definitely better than anything you could ever give up. And I say this because the principles that we operate under in the kingdom is not what the world system says. So it's important for us to really um, seek God in that particular situation. I do know I have been in that situation, and now that I look back, so let me just be very transparent. How I handled it was not the best way, and God informed me of this and showed me this later. I do not suggest that for anyone. So it's important to seek God, submit, and I'm telling you, obey the word of God when he says to do something. So that means you really have to seek God for the whoever, mm-hmm. you know, asked that question. Um, I, I, it, it's harder for me to answer it specifically because it is a um, – it, it broadens because we don't know the specifics, A. B, because right. we don't know the full, um, we don't know exactly what God is doing in that situation. Because the, the fact of the matter is God allows us to be in certain situations to see how are we going to respond to it. So if we're going to take, if we're go, huh, say that again. I didn't say anything to see if we're going to respond kingdom, I'm going to say it this way, kingdom-minded or not even church-minded, world-minded, because sometimes we can slip into that selfishness, which is not of the kingdom of God. And so, and I, I say this because I'm learning this even just this past week. It is not about us, but it's about us. And we talked about this on our prayer call um, this afternoon with our family across the country. And we talked about, us be remaining humble, and then God will exalt us in due time, and then he will also reveal exactly what that situation is about through our obedience to him. And so I'm not about the person, a person controlling someone because that's not the type of dominion God gave us. He gave us dominion in the earth, right? not <laughs> So what that doesn't mean to stump on somebody's head. He did not give us authority over one another. That is not what that means. It means really it to serve the in the earth. That's really what it is. And so when we take that mindset, and, 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 and I will tell you, uh, Pastor Leah, you have brought some things forward. Well, we can, we'll be able to tackle that question. I do believe mm-hmm. that. I believe God is revealing even now how to, because there are a lot of people who have <laughs> have someone's foot on their neck. But right. I will tell you, I will tell you, God will lift the foot if we are obedient to Him. I'm I'm a exactly. witness to that now. And so yes. it, it is. It's 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 a touchy, you know, it's a touchy thing. But the more I think about it, in my personal experiences, and then you know, and also counseling others, counseling others, there are there are things that I see that are not necessarily what is, and then what you think is is not necessarily what it is. So we have to be mindful. What is God saying about this? 
And if we don't right. ask God, who is the revealer of all, because he was there, he was there while you are in it. He was already there, so he already knew it. He already knows the ending from the beginning. <laughs> so he already knows it. So, you know, I, 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 I am careful to say to this person, seek God. Obey right. God. You cannot go right. wrong with obeying God. I am, I'm, I'm so convinced of that. But if you disobey him, I will tell you this. If you live long enough, he will show you that thing again. Okay. Exactly. All right. So <laughs> exactly. that's all I got. <laughs> that, that's a good, that is a very, very good explanation for that. And um, seeking God for clarity um, is, is the best. I mean, just what Pastor Danzio said in a nutshell, because you don't want to step into rebellion because then that opens the door for something else. And so, um, or just, uh, you don't want to get to that point where you begin to get things in your heart. So um, the Bible talks about us submitting to authority and them that have rule over you. And at this point, you know, that is your spiritual head. So you should be obedient to whatever it is that they're putting out there, but still pray about that and what, and God will show you what you need to see and what you need to know. And so I think that is the best advice in a nutshell. She said it all. Just pray about that. I would pray about that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I did, I think I had a couple more questions. Um, and I, I will be praying for you as well because, I, you know, I understand that feeling all too well, and but I also know the other side of it too. You know, mm-hmm. um, the coming outside <laughs> right. on both ends when I'm disobedient and when I'm obedient. So I will say right. it that way. All right, so I think that's it for now. Um, if you have a question and we missed it, then we will, you know, try to post it. I'll. I'll pass it on to Pastor Leah, and then we'll try to post it. Uh, um, sis, I'm going to call you sis right now. Sis, I, the, the anointing on your life to be able to teach and break this down for us simple people is so powerful, and, and it, it, is, it is so necessary for this season. I am convinced that this whole thing was God-ordained and ordered for you to be on here at the end of this year, as we go into 2020, and I, I do believe that, and I have people from literally in different countries on different continents listening on tonight, I do believe this is life-altering. This is, tra- this is a transformational time for a lot of us. And so I, I pray for you that... Um, I don't know if it's the enlargement of territory, but I pray for you that it's not that. It's that you will go deeper, deeper, because the the depth that you provided for us, you probably felt it wasn't as as massive as it really was. But that's what God does. And I'm speaking directly to you, um, Leah Britton, and not just as pastor, but as a person. And so what you have done tonight is good ground. <laughs> this this sewing is is in good ground. I'm telling you, and I'm here. I'm watching people responding to me now. Good ground and fruit will grow as a result of what you did. I believe God has counted this for your eternal life. I I, I believe wow. that 
and, and I'm talking about numbers, and I'm also talking about depth. I'm not talking just about um, this is eternal. This is not just here. This is eternal. I believe that. And so I don't even know where I got that from, but I will tell you that. I will tell you. I know I got it from the Holy Ghost, but I will tell you I, I saw as you were um, – um, as we were, you were ending, I saw just massive, and I don't know if they were trees or stalks, and I don't know nothing about farming, but I saw massive fields of stuff just growing, and it was plenteous, and I saw you hovering over it. Yes, God, Ebeki, Robashiliadnanamasa, and you were you were over it, just just I don't, you weren't even walking. It was like you were floating. And God, it was, and I don't know how to describe this. I can still see it, and and it's as if um, it's as if God accounted counted this for you. That fruit, those fields that were growing, was attributed. That's what it is to you. And I don't say that for you to get puffed up. I say that to do, never be discouraged because the 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 things that you are doing are fruitful. Do you hear me what I'm saying? They're fruitful. And ev- I'm talking about it seems like the, the, the little things that you're doing are producing great fruit. And the legacy, the generations that will come, your your name, yes, Lord, your name will be great as a result of it. Yes, Lord. That we won't forget Leah Britton. Eventually, everybody's name is forgotten. The only name that will be survived is Jesus Christ. We know that. But right. I want yeah. you to know your name is going down for generations, and you never have to birth a child. Oh, hallelujah, because you're birthing children constantly. Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I received that in Jesus' name. We'll have to talk a little bit later to tell you how to confirm some things, but um, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So can I just pray for our um, listening audience and um, Absolutely. those who are tuned in? And we're just going to touch the heart of the Lord. Father, we don't come before you, Lord, just asking for a bunch of stuff. But, God, we come just grateful that you would take the time to speak to us because it's not me. It's you. It is you sharing your heart, Lord, with the world, sharing your vision, sharing your mind, sharing your spirit, sharing, Lord God, what you want to happen in the earth. So, Father, I pray right now a blessing over each and every listener that the word that has gone forth today, Lord, on this broadcast, Lord, and even the words that were spoken over our pulpits on this Sunday morning, Lord God, that they would find good ground way down in our heart, Lord, and that it would spring forth, Lord God, and manifest in our life. Lord God, your kingdom come. We can truly say it, not just as something we learned in Sunday school, but your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord God. Lord God, we say, come, Lord, come, Lord. Let your kingdom come and let it spread far and wide, Lord God. 
We just give you praise for the visionary of this ministry, Lord God. And, Lord, we pray right now a special blessing over Pastor Danzy and those that she has working with her. Father, that you would continue to enlarge her territory, increase, Lord God, her tent strings, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray right now, Lord, for a supernatural visitation of your Holy Spirit to your people, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, that you would gear us up for this end-time harvest, that you would give us all the tools that we need to bring Bring it in. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for right now for those who are weary, Lord God. We pray that you would give them strength, Lord God. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you don't faint. Father, we pray for strength in their body, strength in their spirit, Lord God. Strength to believe you for another day, Lord God, until you come by and move in their situation. We praise you, Lord, that you are a mindful God and that you are a God that sees us and knows us inside and out. And there's nothing impossible for you. Father, we pray that today is the beginning of a new day in our lives where we will be kingdom-minded people and not just church people. We will have you on our mind and how we can spread the word of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you so much. We give you praise that you have entrusted us with your word, that you are using us to be your hands and feet in the earth. And Father, we pray that we would do a great job for you, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that we won't fail, Lord. Lord God, but we will carry out the plan that you have put in our life. Lord, we thank you for all that you are, have done and all that you are doing and all that you're going to do in the future. Lord, we praise you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, praise be to God. Um, listen, you all, this the more I go over these notes and I was typing the whole time, um, I'm convinced that you need to share this word. You need to share this word. I don't care what you do. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Share it with your frenemies, whatever. We need people to understand that these kingdom principles are critical to this This. I don't want to even, it's not even called a movement. I don't even know what it's called, but what's, what's getting ready to transpire and the transition that is happening in the kingdom of God. So, Pastor Leah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about your future. I'm excited about what God has all, I'm excited for what's going to be manifested. It's already been done. It just needs to be manifested. I'm so excited for you. And so I thank you very much for these last two weeks. And I don't think this is the last of it. I really think there's something that's getting ready to be burst out of it for you, and and it's about what God is doing in you, and I appreciate you. Um, Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for having me. Praise God. And so for everyone, um, it's that time. I thank you so much for joining the Kingdom Authority broadcast with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. I'm truly blessed to have each and every one of you on, and I don't take it for granted that you spent this last hour with us. God bless you and operate with authority in your territory. I pray that you all have a blessed night, and I truly do love you. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.